Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerdra Jackson. Hello and welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. I am Dr. Veerdra Jackson, the CEO and creative behind Living Strong Consulting. And I'm excited to have a conversation with a fellow BWEA member. And I know you're curious, what do those four letters stand for? I had I've had the pleasure, probably it's been almost five or six years now since I um, embarked upon the journey of um, sitting on the executive board of the Black Women's Educational Alliance. And this evening, we are going to have a conversation that will allow us to truly unpack what it looks like to create um, network, community, and support. And for those of you who are leading, and this is a challenging time to be a leader, we've got some practical tools. Um, And not just from me, but from someone who is on the front lines leading. So let me introduce you to Tamron Dancy. She is currently a principal in the school district of Philadelphia, where she is responsible for the rigorous education, safety, and equitable treatment of her students. She was featured in the CBS Philly article with other principals who entered into their positions during the pandemic and quickly figured out how to create a supported network. She has served in a variety of roles in education, including assistant principal, instructional coach, adult basic literacy education instructor, and motivational speaker. During her early years as a teacher, Tamron was recognized and awarded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation for Best Practices in Reading Comprehension. Tamron currently serves as the vice president of the Black Women's Educational Alliance, the Philadelphia chapter. One of her duties includes serving as the chair of the Career Mobility Committee. She is passionate about advocating for abused women and children and serves in a variety of programs at her church where she supports um, by volunteering her time, her talents, and her resources. Principal Dancy earned her bachelor's degree in psychology from the University of Houston in Texas, her master's degree in elementary education from Albright College, and a pre-K to 12 principal certification from Philadelphia's Pathway to Leadership in Urban Schools. But I know her best as our VP of BWEA Philadelphia chapter and her passion for serving and connecting and supporting women as leaders is evident in everything she offers and serves to our community. So I wanna welcome our guest co-host, Tamron Dancy. Welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you to everyone for joining in. It is uh, truly an honor, Dr. Jackson, to be on this show. I have watched and listened to your show several times and just 
never thought I'd be on the flip side <laughs> of, of this format. So it is definitely an honor. Um, we all know your work. When I started talking to my friends and texting people to listen to the show, they replied, Dr. Jackson, oh yes, I'm going to be there, right? <laughs> so there's about one or two degrees of separation between us in places you know, I didn't even uh, know. So thank you. And it is a privilege to be on this show. Oh, I so appreciate all of those words and absolutely connection. I'm hoping we kind of dig into the power of relationships and networking connection. But before we get started, for those who do not know who or what BWEA is, can you tell us a little bit about the organization? Sure. BWEA stands for Black Women's Educational Alliance. It is an organization that was founded back in 1976 by four phenomenal leaders, Dr. Florence Scott, Dr. Gwendolyn Gates Hewlett, Dr. Sadie Mitchell, and Leontine Scott. And so the organization was found in response to the express concerns uh, about the equity of opportunities for Black women in all divisions of education. And so our vision is to be the premier organization and in influence regarding issues and laws impacting education in Philadelphia. And then our mission is just to continue to grow and support Black female leaders, women of color in all areas of education. And we also have five core values, which are knowledge, leadership, networking, unity, and service. And that is BWEA and more. We are I, more than that. We are all of that. And so I actually want to dig into that. So I recognize that in just what you just shared, you know, I think about those four powerful women in 1976 who decided to really step out and create networking and opportunities to guide other women through a leadership path. That by itself is a powerful history. Can you tell us, for you in your own words, what makes BWEA so unique for women that we serve who are already members and those who might be interested in joining? So I'd like to start with a couple of statistics that I that I found. Mm -hmm. One of them is according to uh, according to this research that I found, Black and Latina women are nine nine point two and eight point five times less likely, respectively, to hold leadership positions than white men. I also found that an article called "A Crisis in the mm -hmm. American Workforce." by Investopedia. Statistics showed in, in 2020 that women accounted for about 56% of the labor force in the US, but when it came to those executive positions, they only held 30% of those roles. And 88% of those roles were for white women. And this is according to the US Bureau of Labor Statistics. So what I really like about BWEA and what makes us unique is just the variety of the variety of skill sets that our members have. We are a diverse group. Some, everybody's in education. They impact a child in some way, but some are running their own daycare centers. Some are principals, some are food service directors, some are retirees. <laughs> they, we just run the gamut of, of skill sets in education. 
And so when people come to BWEA, you know that you're going to be around some people, some women of color that have some experience. We have lawyers, we have doctors, we have politicians in our organization. So there's just a lot of talent that people that join BWEA and affiliate themselves with BWEA can appreciate and from which they can grow. So... Yes. I so go what you just said, the diversity of experiences and skill sets and the desire to actually come together and simply support one another. I it, from my very first meeting where Margaret Mullen Whiting immediately put me into a position <laughs> at the first that. meeting. She will do that. Those who know her know exactly that that is true. From that moment, it just became a space in which the the fear of trying to compare just was minimized. And it really is about if this is my desire to move in whatever leadership role, not just being a principal, but in different types of leadership roles, what does that look like and what do I need to consider? And I know also, not only are you the VP of the Philadelphia chapter, but you're also the chair of career mobility. Can you tell us a little bit more about that position as well as the committee? Sure. So as vice president, of course, I am there to support the president <laughs> of the organization, which is our amazing uh, president, our amazing leader, Michelle Linder Coates. And we are so grateful for her. Um, so the Career Mobility Committee, we align with the BWEA mission and vision as we foster intellectual and professional growth. Right? That's our alignment. So we consist of many parts in this organ, uh, in this subcommittee. There are a lot of subcommittees within this committee. One of them, which is our signature committee or subcommittee, is the Each One Reach One Mentoring pro Program, and that's where we match mentees and mentors. So there are people who have that expertise, and there are people who need that expertise. And what we did pre-COVID was we set it up like dating style. Uh, what do they call it? When they everybody just keeps moving around, right? Fast speed dating. Speed dating, right? <laughs> so we set it up speed dating style and everyone got matched with someone that they chose and that chose them. And so we've continued that, um, that particular part of the program, the Each One Reach One mentoring program. It looks a little different now. We don't do the speed dating, but it's all about con co connecting. <laughs> it's all about connecting mm -hmm. the members, the participants with someone who fits their, uh, their goals, their visions, and even their personalities, because you have to be able to mesh. And so we are very excited about uh, continuing our Each One Reach One mentoring program and would just like to have more mentors as well. Another part of our career mobility is our mock interviews and our resume reviews. And that is also along with our aspiring leadership series. And so we host 
mock interviews and we support members with the resumes and the aspiring leadership series, uh, which this past year, I know for sure, and I think a couple of previous years, was facilitated by Dr. Tanya Glenn Butler, who did an amazing job um, with the Aspiring Leadership Series and brought in some powerful speakers um, who spoke on so many different aspects of leadership. And so we had people like Dr. Uh, Crystal Edwards, Dr. Tony Damon, Brother Warren, uh, Brother Damon Warren, um, we had just so many speakers that came in and just inspired, not just inspired, I won't even say inspired, they were inspiring, but they poured into the participants, they gave them that knowledge that they needed. And then we had a book talk. Uh, we didn't have the book talk this year, but we had the book talk the previous year, right? And that was Dare to Lead. What else are we going to be talking about? Leading. So Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Yes. And then yes. we also have a variety of professional development opportunities. So we've had uh, PDs on interviewing tips, how to dress, how to answer questions, how to walk in the door. Uh, we've just had a variety of uh, professional development also about the not in the career mobility, but just within BWEA, we bring in uh, politicians that are talking about yeah. the, the different school districts and the school systems and what we need to be advocating for, uh, for our school systems and our students. So we encompass a lot of different aspects of education. So it's very uh, well-rounded. When I think about um, Michelle Lindercoat's vision for our theme for uh, BWEA, the Philadelphia chapter, she really desires us to raise our visibility as well as our voice and understanding the value of creating this network and thinking about how aspiring leaders, that leadership program allowed the concept that success leaves a trail to really take shape. And so each one of the professionals that you brought in provided very practical tools for leaders to be able to, to kind of really meditate on, integrate, figure out how it fit for them. When you think about things that are myths, for leaders, things that as a leader, people might be believing. And actually, it's a whole myth. What are some of the myths about leadership that you like to dispel for people who are listening? The first myth I want to dispel is that you don't have to wait for someone else to identify you as a leader, right? You don't have to wait for a title. You can be a leader wherever you are in your current situation. And I think what makes me sad sometimes is when I hear, um, especially in the area of education, teachers say, oh, I can't wait to get out of this classroom to be a leader. But you have to be a leader where you are, right? And how do you do that? You be solution-oriented. You fill in the gaps. I remember even before I was in education, I worked for um, an international company. I was in corporate America and I was just a clerk. I didn't even have a real title. It was just customer service. Right. And so they wanted me. Eventually, I ended up training every new employee that came in, but there was nothing written. So I had to memorize every quote, 
every country that we um, that we supported, every process. And one day I just said, where is the where's the training manual? And they said, well, we don't have one. I said, well, I'm going to create one. And I created the company's first training manual. So I remember in your promotional um, bio, you talked about man instead of managing problems, mm-hmm. right? We come up with the solutions. We, yeah. we implement solutions. And so that's what you have to do is get in there and, and, and make sure that you are filling in the gaps of whatever it is. But you can certainly lead wherever you are. And so I ended up in that company. They moved me up to corporate operations manager. And I said, well, I thought they were going to fire me when they called me into the office. And, they, and I said, well, what is that? Because we didn't have one. And they said, it's a position that we just created. Mm-hmm. And so what I learned from that, and I'm a Bible based, right? Proverbs 18, 16, your gift will make room for you. Okay. So when it's your time, it's your, your gifts are going to speak for you. People are going to start to tell you, oh, you're, you're a leader. I, I like following you. I like, they'll, they'll start to come around you more. They'll start to ask you more questions. So you just lead wherever you are. And you don't have to be so competitive about it to the point where you move ahead of your time because you have to develop that skill set. You have to make sure you develop that skill set because leadership isn't easy. And just one more, 1 Samuel 16, the oil did not flow until David got there. So what's for you is going to be for you. And that's just one myth. That's just one myth. So you know what? When we come back from this next break, I absolutely want to hear more of the myths because you nailed it. The very first one went straight to my soul because I constantly tell people leadership is not about a title. It really is your attitude and how you show up in spaces because what you say and what you don't say, you're still leading. And so recognizing the influence that you have within spaces. As we get ready to go into our first break, I do want to make our listeners aware of the opportunity, those of you who are in the Pennsylvania or the Philadelphia area, we are having our first in-person meeting since the pandemic. (laughs) It is coming up October 15th, and it's not just going to be a regular meeting. We have a leader who is premier in her position and her influence. We are having Dr. Kamika Royal, who has written um, Not Paved for Us. And she's going to be doing a book talk as well as a book signing on October 15th. And the meeting starts at 10. It goes from 10 to 12 o'clock. And it will be at Tiffany's on the Boulevard. Registration will be first come, first serve for the first 100 women. And uh, the link will be available on our Facebook page, which is Black Women's Educational Alliance, Philadelphia Chapter, or our website address, which is BWEA Phila. P-H-I-L-A, chap, C-H-P-T dot org. If you'd like to be in the place as Dr. Royal talks to us about her book 
and the power of the words of understanding, um, placement, opportunity, and access for us as educators, as well as our students, please take an opportunity to be one of the first hundred to be in the place in our first in-person chapter meeting. So that information will be on our website and we will be right back. Thank you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. I'm a motivational and health and wellness coach, certified nurse coach with Living Your Life Without Limits. So I coach all over the world, not just here in Belize, not just in the United States. People can call me all over and I do get calls and speak in person as well as online. So if anyone wanted to reach me, they could reach me through Living Your Life Without Limits. They can contact info at thepeoplesnurse.com. And I want to end with my signature sign-off that I say each week on my podcast. Remember family to love yourself, take care of yourself, cause guess what? You're absolutely worth it. This is Shannon Jackson, The People's Nurse. If you're searching for the motivation or you're needing that inspiration, you got Shannon Jackson, The People's Nurse. She cares for you. The White House doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Welcome back to our conversation. We have been having a conversation around the topic, Permission to Lead Granted. And our guest co-host is Tamron Dancy. And she was just walking us through some myths that some leaders believe, but she wants to dispel them for us now, right now, so that people can walk into and give themselves permission to lead and lead fully. So Tamron, you were just telling us that basically to lead where you're planted and that leadership isn't about a position, that your gifts will make room for you. And don't get ahead of yourself. Recognize that you need the skills before the, the actual opportunity to lead others. But I bet you have more myths to tell us. <laughs> I do. And so the next one flows right after the first one. And it's you don't need a lot of extra credentials or degrees. 
And so what you do want to do, of course, every position is going to require a different skill set and a different degree. So you may need a bachelor's for one. You may need a master's. You may need a doctorate for another one. But you don't need to just acquire de degrees and credentials to get a position. I have a very good friend in another state who is the assistant city manager, and she went up against doctors, medical doctors, probably some lawyers, and she had a master's degree and she was awarded the position. So I know that she got it because of her expertise, her experience, and her leadership skills. So as long as you are honing in on those, you, you will get that position if that's the position that you are qualified um, to, to have. Because again, just develop that skill set. Because there are some people out there who have a lot of credentials, a lot of degrees, but then they say, I can't get this position. Why can't I? And I just explain, you have to have that experience and you have to have that skill set and that knowledge. And so we, we're going to work with you, but you have to get that knowledge and that skill set. And so another one is my favorite. <laughs> Leadership is more than meets the eye. It is, <laughs> it is not as easy as it seems. <laughs> I was at a end of year leadership meeting um, last year and the facilitator asked us, so what is, what do you think, what did you think going in that you realized differently now? And someone said, um, I thought this would be easy. And someone else said, well, I thought because I was the principal that people would just do what I said. Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> Rude that, awakening, right? That, that doesn't happen. And so this is, and I love the show. I love the show. We laugh all the time. We look forward to seeing it every Tuesday. But this is not Abbott Elementary. This is not Ava. Ava is a caricature. Ava is there for humor. But it doesn't look like that in real life. It is not that simple. Ava would have been gone long time. Principal Ava, right? She would have been gone a long time ago. And then the last one is... Uh, well, actually, this is not a myth, so I'll take this one away. It's not a myth, but just something that I that was on my heart. Leaders should have mentors, too. Just yes. because you're in a leadership position doesn't mean that you just stop learning, doesn't mean that you stop growing, doesn't mean that you stop consulting or letting people pour into you and consult with you. So you still have to continue going, continue to develop yourself, go out and read books that challenge you, attend seminars attend those professional development sessions that will help you grow and just continue. And then also give back and be a mentor as what, I mean, continue, then you can be a mentor. I am a mentor and I'm a mentee as well. And I just saw my mentor just last week. So I, we do have a great relationship and I look forward to our moments together. You know, when you just mentioned that, we uh, have mentioned several times on the show in the past that no organization, uh, no business can grow beyond the lid of the leader. And however low the lid is, that's as far as the organization can grow. So continuing to recognize that we can remain students as well as leaders and having the mindset and the openness to recognizing 
there's still more for me to grow, to learn. It continues to lift and create opportunities for those who are around you. And I think it also gives others permission to also want to grow. When the leader is in that active role of growing and learning, those who are watching will also give themselves permission. Because sometimes I, and you might as a leader, have experienced this, that people feel um, self-conscious when they don't know something and will hide it and make things worse, as opposed to recognizing we don't know everything. But when we're in a space where we are allowed to say, I don't know, but I'm willing to learn, and a leader can meet someone in that space to help them grow to their next level, everybody, everybody in the school building, in the business, in the organization can absolutely grow with them. Yes, I I agree with that so much. People are fearful. And that is one of the recurring themes that we hear. So people, uh, some of our members and our aspiring leaders, I don't know if I'm ready. I I don't know if I'm ready um, to. And so what I like about this theme of this show, your series about education, empowerment, and equity, and you said this was about empowering women of color to step into leadership roles. And so a couple of things came to my mind. One is the use of the word empowering. We didn't say encourage because we can encourage all day, but at BWEA, we're going to be here to empower you. So what does that mean? So for me, I said, okay, that means equip. I know empower means equip, but I decided to look it up anyway. And I found some themes around the words that I saw that just kind of gave me a couple of chills. Allow. Mm -hmm. unchain, emancipate, emancipate. So when you think of (laughs) emancipate, you think about what are you setting me free from? What am I bound by? And part of the definition was legal, social, and political restrictions. Wow. And how many times have we had members uh, or guests come in and talk about the political restrictions the legal restrictions that we face in education. And so that's how I know that BWEA is that premier organization because we are addressing everything that is out there that it, that is gonna create barriers for women of color. And so that permit, that was the last one, permit. And so that's where I came up with, you, you have permission. Permission is granted. You are permitted to lead. And so I just want women to know that you don't have to be fearful. You step into your your, uh, why. You got to know why. Why are you doing this? Why do you want to do this? Do you want to lead just to say you're a leader? For me, it came naturally. People started saying to me, you're a leader. They started giving me more leadership responsibilities. They started treating me like the leader that I was. People started coming and saying, I want to work for you when you get your own school. I want to do this with you. And so leadership is something that is going to progress naturally. So you don't have to be afraid. Just dig in, do the work, and your work will speak for you. 
But I also think it's important that leaders, and, and I think that's the heart of BWEA, is that as you work, don't work alone. Don't work in isolation. That's true. What is it, what's, what do you enjoy the most about working alongside women within BWEA? Again, everybody has such great insight. We can talk about anything. Just think about the general membership meetings, not even the executive, but the executive board meetings are on another level, right? Because we have everybody coming. They're talking 501c3s. And then some of these things are way over my head, right? But I listen and I learn. And it comes from some unexpected Place, like people that say things like, oh, I didn't even know. I didn't even know you had your own business. And so it's about that collaborative spirit. People that are a part of our organization, they want to see others succeed. So they'll say, oh, well, I have a friend who does this, or I can do that. Call me tonight. When I have a need for one of the committees or the subcommittees, there's always somebody that's going to put in the chat box. And if they don't want to put in the chat box, they're texting me on the side saying, I'll help you. I'll do it. I know how to do this. I have a degree in this. I have a certification in that. So there's always somebody who is willing to help. And I think that's the heart of BWEA with all the expertise. We have heart. Everybody wants to see everybody else succeed. And that's what I appreciate about it. And that's what keeps me going. And, and just the passion. Some, some of those meetings, I'll be honest, I'm tired. I am mm-hmm. tired when I get on those meetings at 630. Sometimes I'm tired on a Saturday morning, but it doesn't take but three or four minutes for me to turn in, transform into another person. And we're all screaming and laughing and passing out on the floor. And we're just passionate because everybody is so passionate. So that's what I can appreciate about the women of BWEA. To echo that, something that we started actually in the pandemic with the virtual uh, segments that really resonated for me were the small group chats where we, Michelle asked us to put up the question, what are you struggling with? And it was a very simple question. And women went into breakout rooms and just became honest. They took the cape off and just began to share. And when they came out, people were saying, I just started sharing and someone immediately said, I've already been through that. This is, these are some ideas. And that climate to be able to take off the cape, because I know <laughs> in your building, as you move through the day, sometimes you feel like you're flying through the building. But to be in a space where just the simple question, what are you struggling with? And women become honest. And there's not only vulnerability in the room, but there's also solutions is a powerful opportunity, I, I, as you said, to empower and set people free. Exactly. That particular exercise came from um, a team building exercise we did. Um, mm-hmm. I facilitated when I first started with BWEA called the struggle bus. And in, when you see it in person, it's even more powerful. And so what I love about it is people's um, vulnerability. People are transparent. 
because we've built that rapport with each other to say, this is our space. And what we're doing and saying doesn't leave this space. And I'm not just here to vent. We're not just here to vent. And that's one of the norms, right? We're not here to vent. We're here to be solution oriented. And so when we listen to people, bell started, okay, let me tell you, do this, do that. And before you leave, you're like, okay, hold on. Can I get your phone number? Because I didn't get all of that. <laughs> and so, yes, that is, and people are asking for more time. And every time we do that, they want more time. They want, they want to do it more often. And so that was, uh, it has been very successful and it's, it's been, it's been very impactful for our members. Mm-hmm. Can you share something that you have learned as a leader? I have learned patience. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have learned what you just talked about with just depending, not depending, but collaborating and leaning on others for their expertise. We have some amazing members and and I do have a mentor, but I also have other mentors too. And it's just about surrounding yourself with great people that have experienced what you're going through, um, who are in your field, but you don't want to, you never want a bunch of yes people. You want people who are going to be honest with you. You have to give them permission to be honest with you. And so that is what I've learned to, to listen and to just be my authentic self. I don't have to apologize for who I am as a leader. I don't have to apologize for my work ethic because others are not working the way that I envision uh, my staff working or the people that I am responsible for working. We have a vision, we have a mission, and that's all I'm trying to do is, is help us reach our goals. So I don't apologize for that. And so I, I, I really believe just listening and learning from others is going to be critical. When I hear you say the word vision and I read in your in your bio how you take so seriously your responsibility of a rigorous education and safety and equitable treatment for every student in your building. And I hear it as you speak about um, having a vision and and helping those who are around you to also connect with the vision. So I'm gonna ask kind of a trending question around that because I feel like there are leaders who have a vision and we are coming coming out of, I, I, I hesitate in saying coming out of, it's kind of like the this whole experience with COVID is kind of not over us, but it's, it's still sitting next to us. And the fallout from it, uh, as a leader, what advice would you give leaders who are experiencing this current conversation of quiet quitting? <laughs> quiet quitting because you yeah. you shared yeah. an example of just sheer initiative which um honestly is almost the opposite of quiet quitting what advice would you give leaders so what i've learned and you can clarify it for me quiet quitting is when people decide that they're just not going to go any further than the basic job description correct but for me, it's about building morale with your staff. It's modeling. 
I like to model. I do what I ask my staff to do. If I want you to push a little harder, I'm pushing a little harder. I had a staff member um, say to me at the end of last year, just thank you for going into that cafeteria that day and breaking up that fight. Like I've never seen a principal do this. And I've heard a couple of those instances. I've never seen anybody do that, that was in your position. Just this past week, I had um, a community member that said, I've never seen a principal out here on this corner before. At all. And I've lived here for all those years. So I try to be that model that I want my staff to be in. I, 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 hold people accountable. Right? Yes. We have yes. a vision and we have a mission and we have to, you have to get behind that vision and that mission. If not, you're going to get left <laughs> because we're going places. We're going places and this is how we said we're going to go. And you have to get the team together. You have to get your leadership team on board. And just personally, I, I do. I have some amazing staff members and they are, you talk about a sense of urgency. There's a sense of urgency there. And so that's what you want to build, that sense of urgency in the staff, in whoever it is that you're working with and to get behind your vision and the vision and the mission that you have. But you can also do that collaboratively. You have to have that buy-in mm -hmm. from, from your team. Um, but once you guys get together, then you, you continue to go on. Yeah. I hear how not only communicating the vision that you shared earlier, but it's an opportunity to also model that vision so people feel seen, they don't feel alone, they feel like this is actually a team effort from leadership all the way through, and there's accountability there. I, I want to lean in one more step, uh, if you'll let me, in that when you talk about there's a vision, we have a responsibility and we will be held accountable for the service we give young people. And if you're not behind it, then the bus is going to leave without you. Can you give any advice to leaders who might have someone who is quiet quitting, but they're damaging the morale of the building? And so you have those conversations with that person and you, you, you get an understanding. That's one of the things that I would do. Get an understanding of why are you, you know, what, what is it? What is it? Why aren't you getting in line with this vision? What do you see? Or, you know, maybe it's something that I'm missing. Um, and, and just get to know them and get to build that relationship. Is it a new staff member? Is it a veteran staff member? Is this a mindset shift that they just need? Is it some information? Is it that they don't feel comfortable doing their job because they don't have that skill set? Do you need to continue to pour into them? There could be a variety of reasons why, some, why someone is. But then you give them deadlines. You give them small steps right? Manageable, smart goals, <laughs> smart, smart goals, manageable steps, and you continue to monitor it. And then at the end of that, you're holding them accountable for every, every step. Yeah. And I want to make sure that we're clear on, because there's an element of quiet quitting where 
It's acknowledging that people are tired of overworked, of that burnout, and there's no margin, there's no boundaries, and so they've reverted to quiet quitting. I want to make sure that we're we um, our listeners understand that that there needs to also as leaders be a very clear boundary for staff to recognize that they need to be able to take care of themselves to be able to show up. So the goal is not for you to work yourself until there is no more. And then it's the knee jerk of, well, I'm going to quiet quit. It's recognizing that boundaries are good. Identify when you're not at work. Don't be at work. Actually pay attention to your family. Take care of yourself. Recognize, take the yoga class or the the exercise class and, and do what's necessary. But when you're in work, especially if you're um, serving and supporting in nonprofits, we have a responsibility for doing things with integrity because there are lives that are depending on us to show up. Uh, and so I just want to make sure that we made that distinction. And I'm glad you said that. In our district, we have this year's um, sessions on supportive environments. And that's just all about taking care of ourselves. And so I understand that people have um, guidelines. You have need time with your family. But while you are at work, that work needs to happen and that work needs to happen at a high level. Um, but yes, there's always, I, I had a staff member just yesterday, day before yesterday, that was in an accident. He said, okay, but I'll be there in just a few. I said, no, you're not. <laughs> you are not coming to work today. Go to the hospital. Well, when I get out of the hospital, I'm going to be there. No, you're not. Stay home. And, and I meant that. And I, I appreciated the commitment but we have to take care of ourselves. And that is one thing that I've said from the beginning of this year is we are going to take care of ourselves. We, you know, being fully staffed, everybody can kind of stay in their own lane. We have the support we need here, but while you're there, we want everybody to be energetic. And again, it goes back to the why. Why are you here? Are you here? for the children, are you here? Why why are you here? And so when you continue to tap in that, so when I see morale going down, I put on that video, I can't remember the comedian's name, but it's a comedian that that has a YouTube clip and he asked the gentleman to sing a song and the gentleman sings it very nice voice. And then he says, now sing it, like yes. your, your, your grandma died and you lost your job. And then he, the guy sings it with a whole new uh, passion. And it's like, yeah, that's your, you know, that's your why when you do things. So we try, I try my best to tap into the, the steps. Why, why are you here? And remember, always go back to that. Why? Yeah. And I think as you shared, instead of just writing someone off when you see quiet quitting, that conversation of really leaning in to unpack what's going on can also create a conversation to reconnect someone to their why. Because sometimes we do forget, we get tired and we can get distant 
from why we started something, why we started the business, became a principal, decided to lead, to be in a classroom, to be a community leader, all of those things require something of us. And sometimes we can forget why we are, why we're doing what we're doing. I cannot believe we are already in the last few minutes of our segment together, but I want to make sure that you share some of, what are some of the professional growth opportunities that uh, BWEA is offering either in the past or hopefully in the near future? So in the past, we've offered, like I said, we have professional sessions on interviewing, interviewing tips, professional attire. Again, we had the Dare to Lead book talk series with Brene Brown, this aspiring leadership program that we would definitely like to continue this year around just some powerful topics about education, about how to uh, make your parents a part of your school and your community. Don't be afraid to lead, just a variety of topics. And also within BWEA, what I'm looking forward to are those politicians still coming back and, and supporting us and partnering with us to make sure that our buildings right, are in order and whatever legal situation we may have or think we have in our schools, they are there to, to support us. Uh, this go around for our Aspiring Leadership Program, what I'm really looking to do a little differently this year or to extend on is supporting our members where they are. We have members who are uh, maybe a counselor or a food service manager, and they want to move into the principalship or the assistant principalship, and they just need some guidance on how to get there. But then you have some people who are have skill set in everything. They can analyze the data. They they all things instruction. Their climate. Their but then they just don't have that confidence. So just meeting our members where they are, tapping into what is it that you really need? What can we, how can we support you and moving them at their own pace? Just like the students, differentiating. So I'm looking to differentiate this year for our members. That is amazing. And before we close, I want to also share with our listeners that Career Mobility is only one committee that is within BWEA. Can you share some of the other committees that uh, someone who's listening might want to get involved in? Well, I'm going to whisper those because I want all of them. So <laughs> you have, have to share the wealth. We have the community service. <laughs> so yes, we have uh, community service. We have, of course, public relations. We have uh, political awareness. And you call me out here, I'm going to forget somebody. Uh, scholarship. We have archives. Um, who else am I missing? Our fundraising. Fun Fundraising, that's mm -hmm. the newest one. That's the newest committee. The newest one. Yes. Absolutely. So scholarship, community service, fundraising, hospitality, hospitality. Our, our membership committee who just literally takes care of our members. Um, so there, there's a place for anyone and you can find um, your spot in BWEA, the desire to connect with others 
and to move forward in your career, whether it is moving from a classroom aide to a classroom teacher, from an ECE teacher to an ECE or early childhood um, director, whether it is a counselor to a principal or administrator's position, there are opportunities to learn together, not competing, but collaborating. So where can people find out more information about BWEA, Tamron? Well, you can go to our website, BWEA, BWEA Philichap, chpt.org. Absolutely. And the membership button is right there at the top. And we are currently accepting new members. And before we close, I want to remind everyone, the first 100 women, when the link opens October 1st, we are hosting Dr. Kamika Royal, who has written Not Paved for Us and has traveled and shared and done book talks while she's coming to our BWEA community. And we hope to be able to have you in the place. It will be at Tiffany's on the Boulevard on October 15th, starting at 10 a.m. And the link for that will go out to members first. So if you want to make sure you're in the space, make sure you join in and click on our website for a membership. Well, we are out of time. Uh Tamron, it has been amazing. Thank you so much for the conversation. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for the platform. Thank you for the, the theme around empowering our women of color. And just thank you for being you. I really appreciate it. And again, it was an honor. Oh, absolutely. So our listeners, same time, same place right here on the flip side. We'll see you then. Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.